0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Curious John podcast. This is your host, Onome. In this episode, we'll be debating the topic What Explains Morality Better, Naturalism or Christianity? And the guests I have on the podcast to debate this topic are Baba Tunde Ola Dimeji and Jide Jadon Adigun. Uh, Jide is a philosophical naturalist, and Dimeji is a Christian. Uh, Both of these gentlemen are people that I I enjoy talking to, and I've really been open to have them on the podcast for a while. And so having this conversation is like a dream come true for me, and uh, I hope it's going to be a very good conversation. Uh, So Jide and Dimeji, welcome to the Curious John podcast. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, could you, could you guys just um introduce yourself so that the audience can get to, or the listeners rather so can get to know you better? Okay, would
1: Jide go first? <laughs> okay, well, all right. I mean, I don't mind. Okay. So, um, my name is Jide Adigun, um, popularly known as Jaden. Um. I consider myself to be an ontological naturalist which basically means that um, natural things are the only kinds of things that I hold to exist and of course that would rule out things like spirits gods um, whatever it is karma and you know other things like that um, uh, they don't they don't play any foundational or um, causal role in reality as we observe it so um that's basically my stance i'm a former christian and i've been a non-christian for over three years now stretching so i guess um that's all that there is to be known about me for now
0: all right thank you right. uh Dimij, yeah please go on uh, good evening everyone um back to your old image uh, i'm a atheist and um, that signifies or that supports uh, the existence of God. And um, I've been a Christian all my life, <laughs> and um, but I've um, also given uh, time to study other worldviews uh, uh, from other it uh, is I mean,istic worldviews, and also uh, as well as um, agnostic and skeptics uh so i have i I mean i know a bit of what they hold and i hope this discussion will help everyone all right thank you yeah thank you so much that is fantastic uh so yeah let's just go into the uh let's go into the topic now uh jide would you are you are you you going to go first
1: or well
0: Oh, I, I think I'll write you, if you mind. Okay. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. I'll go first. Okay. So, uh, uh, Dimitri, you have seven minutes to just introduce your, your side of the argument. All right. Thank you very much, Onome. It's a pleasure. And I appreciate uh, you. I appreciate what you do. And thank you, Jude. It's, it's nice. Um, I mean, discussing this with you. Uh, the subject matter is morality. What worldview defines morality? Uh, uh, what, what What is more logical in the description of mo- morality, the naturalistic worldview or the theistic worldview? And I think that, uh, in, my, in my opinion, I, 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 I believe very well or clearly well that the theistic worldview uh, defines morality. And that is. Uh, premised upon uh, certain ideas. The fact that uh, we have in existence uh, uh, objective moral values and um, if objective moral values exist, then God exists by that token. And if objective moral values do not exist, then of course uh, there we can jettison the existence of God. But one thing remains that um, uh, if moral values are anything to go, go by, then we need an absolute. If uh, there is no absolute, then what you have is moral values will find themselves planted in mid-air and they won't hold water. What, what do I mean by that? Um, if it, it, moral values will only be um, uh, made or will only be expressed on the, on the basis of, of of intuition, uh, you have people saying, I love this and I don't love that. And that will only be I or individuals expressing themselves and there would not be anything dictating what they should do and what they should not do. And if that is, um, if that is the platform where which we want to define morality, what we have eventually is a world that will be um, clearly described or, or um, aptly described as chaotic. And so you have moral values. Moral values must come from an absolute being. And this absolute being must be an unchanging being. And by the word absolute, it means uh, its dictates or the dictates of such a being must not be contestable. In other words, uh, no one will be able to contest that dictates But if there's no absolute being, what you have is human beings will be in charge of morality and they will be the one to dictate whatever we do. And uh, who are those that will not be the M of our fears? Perhaps the most intelligent ones. And we know how uh, manipulative human beings can be. Now, so the first thing is the existence of objective moral values. The next one will be the objective of moral duty, uh, uh, the existence objective of uh, moral duties. The fact that um, if God exists, I mean, by the function of the fact that God exists, then we have uh, uh, we we can uh, uh, adduce our duties to a particular being. Now, if God does not exist in the naturalistic worldview, that means there is no one uh, for which morality can be adduced to. In other words, you can't you can't you can't place mod- morality under anybody's uh, oversight. And if um, you can't place uh, morality upon anyone's oversight, then what you have eventually again would be coming back to the first stage. The I mean, coming back to the first stage, and that is morality again planted in mid-air without no uh, reference. In another way, we can also see it as if there is no God, and I'm not saying in, in this in, the, in this discourse that uh, uh, those that do, that do not hold Uh, the theistic uh, uh, notions uh, cannot live uh, moral lives. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this, that they don't have a reference. They don't have what to uh, reference morality to. Now, and and the last point would be that, uh, would be the existence of moral accountability. Now we we make our choices and then we, we, we want to stand by them. Now, if, Um, God does not exist and uh, morality is only the uh, intuition of man. That means man only brought that to be in order to guide himself. Now, what of those that would want to come through the back door, you know, to express their selfish desires? You see, what would happen to those individuals? Now, you can't hold them to ransom because there are so many things... uh, individuals can do that people would not know they've done them, you see? So we, we can't, let's say that, oh, everything anyone does uh, is open and, you know, you can investigate them all and, and you can bring them to the table. No, there are several things uh, people can do and no one would know they've done them. And so if there is no God, um, a lot of things will be swept under the carpet. But the existence of God makes individuals know that there is someone who is watching. You see, there is someone who is watching, who is as it, as I may want to put it, you know, taking notes, and by you know, by that uh, oversight duty. Let me use that word, and by the by the uh, by the dictate of justice or of judgment, rather than justice, judgment that attend the artistic worldview, then you are, one is able to make a moral uh, you know, decision and you're able to uh, make those decisions with a reference to, to a particular um, uh, individual that is playing that oversight role. So three things in, in broad stroke. So I don't have to, uh, you know, I mean, I don't have to go beyond the time given to me is the fact that Morality demands an absolute. And this absolute is not given in a naturalistic worldview. Now, the naturalistic worldview dictates that man is in charge, you see, that man is the one in charge of the whole sphere. And if that is is it, that means you have a group of people uh, dictating morality, and you know how manipulative man uh, can be. The next thing that I said is, you know, I, I, I presented the idea of moral duties. You see, now, if God, by the fact that God exists, we have someone to look onto. We have someone to, to uh, you know, to hand us the templates of life, you know. And because we have a person to hand the templates of life to, to us, then we are able to make our decisions you know there's a template to follow there's a pattern to follow you see and last uh, uh, the, the last point is the existence of uh, moral accountability the, that god exists if i mean by the fact that god exists uh you know we 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 don't make our choices sequel to our desires alone because we know very well that there is one that sees uh beyond uh, the, the you know beyond the uh, natural uh, du- jurisdictions of men. In other words, God God stands above uh, human beings, you know, or humanity, and is able to see whatever we do. So there is nothing we can hide under the carpet. But all of these things we fall. If you have a naturalistic world view, you have people taking occasion of of of, of human minds. You so- have people. I'm sorry so many to. Things on- Mr. Adimeji, sorry there to, sorry, oh, to um, okay. sorry to, uh, cut you in, but uh, can you just quickly round up your time is up? Okay, and there won't be any uh, more like standard to adduce morality to. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Jide, please, I would like to hear your side of the argument.
1: All right. Good evening, everybody um, who's listening. Um I, I count it as a privilege to be here tonight. Um, thanks to Nome for inviting me, and thanks to Dimitri for choosing to be a part of this. Now, I'm gonna say up front that for me, um, morality is something that I go back and forth on. There are days on which I'm uh, a moral objectivist. There are days on which I'm a moral skeptic, and uh, there are reasons for that. And I think uh, today, I, I currently am sort of a moral skeptic. Um, who's who may be leaning towards um, moral subjectivism although that's not my absolute view for now Um, and there are there are reasons for that which i'll maybe try to point out during the discussion but um if i were to defend an objectivist view of ethics um i don't really have my notes entirely prepared here i'm just going to go with um, a view i've often defended in public maybe on twitter or on places like that um, which is a consequentialist um, view of ethics, which is very compatible with naturalism. Now, consequentialism is one of the foundations of humanism. So, you could say that I'm actually defending humanism here as a um, you know, worldview for, as a, as a moral worldview, a moral framework for society. Um, so, as Dimeji slightly alluded to earlier, humanism is basically the idea that humans are in charge. Um, we make our decisions, we make our our rules and regulations and things like that. Now, what what exactly is consequentialism? Let me just try to flesh it out in the next five minutes. Um, As the name implies, consequentialism judges the morality of actions based on the consequences they have on other people. There are many different variants of consequentialism. There are In fact, I think some time ago, I saw some resources that showed that there could be as much as 1000 different variations of consequentialism, depending on some of the internal claims that you have to flesh out and all that. Um, But essentially, I'm just going to go with consequentialism broadly, whether you want to talk about hedonism or you want to talk about utilitarianism or whatever it is, but the essential core of consequentialism is that you measure the morality of certain actions because of the effects, because of the consequences that they have on people in the society or, or on individuals or on society as a whole. Um, so when you look at it like that, you look at some of the factors that underlie that. Some of the factors that underlie that are um, the the assumption, so to speak, that human beings are perfectly, maybe not perfectly, but human beings are quite rational. That human beings are rational enough for them to decide what it is that they want for themselves and all that. That human beings um, live in a society, which I think is essential for the concept of morality. And also that human beings can feel pain, they can feel pleasure, they have goals, they have desires, they have things they want to avoid, they have things they want to attain. things like that and also the realization that there are certain actions that individuals can do in society that can affect people's journeys onto their goals now i consider some of these things i just listed to be objective facts about reality um of course um when i um we haven't really gotten any moral facts out of this yet so to speak but essentially when when you look at the Uh, rationality principle that humans are rational beings and that makes us in a sense different from other organisms if not special different Uh, humans um, have set goals um, that humans want to avoid pain broadly and pleasure broadly and that there are objective ways in which humans can attain pleasure and avoid pain and that we have enough rationality to recognize this, once you know this, you can begin to, once you know this fact, you can begin to flesh out a moral theory from that and say, okay, um, for any given rational person in society who has the sufficient knowledge um, of what other people's goals and intentions are, and his own intentions as well, who has um, a knowledge of what it is to cause pleasure or what it is to cause pain for other people, and who knows that, Um, other people want to avoid these certain things. He knows all these facts about them. And then he still goes on to cause pain to people We can say in that case that that person has done something wrong. Um, Now, when whether you want to term that to be objective wrongness or subjective wrongness is a topic that we're going to have to get to in the discussion, because that's one of the reasons why I am currently a moral skeptic, which is how exactly do you define what is good or bad, what is right or wrong? I find that there isn't really a very conclusive way to define any of these terms as of now. And that's one of the major reasons I'm currently a moral skeptic. But perhaps we can maybe just get past that and just come to you know this whole consequentialist framework that I have fleshed out. The essential point here is that there are um, objectively um, desirable ways of achieving the common goals that we have for individuals and for society. And when people do things in a way that um, at, at the very least does not affect our achievement or our attainment of those goals in a negative way, we say they have done something good. Now, we might maybe go into that and maybe flesh that a little bit more. But it's clear that when people do something that hampers other people's desires to fulfill those goals or other people's desires to um, get to, or, or, you know, essentially causing other people pain or withdrawing pleasure from them or things like that, that's when we turn them as wrong. And from this place, we can flesh out not only moral values, which like I said, is something that everybody has, but we can also flesh out moral duties as organized by humanism, and also flesh out moral accountability as fleshed out by humanism. So as I begin to round up my short presentation, the main point uh, as I have um, highlighted it here, I didn't really write it down in my notes, but the main point as, as I've highlighted here is that there is a framework called consequentialism and uh, you know, there are many schools of consequentialism, but essentially what they have in common is um, the granting of human rationality, of human subjective goals, so to speak, and objective ways of achieving those goals. And when you get into all that, you can see that we can build morality, functional morality from there. So I think I've gone a little bit above my time. So I'm going to stop here. Thank you for listening.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Jide. In fact, you are right on time. And that was very good. Uh Yeah, so before we go into the the open conversation, I just want to say that uh, I noticed we didn't really have any definition of what morality is exactly. So I would like us to just have a working definition that we all uh, sort of at least agree with. So let us just quickly have that before we go on with the open conversation. All right. So, uh, okay yeah, yeah, you could, um, yeah, major um, you could give your definition, and uh, Jide could tell us if he agrees with that definition or he defines it in a different way, like what morality is generally. All right, because uh, I've not given that myself. I've not given that a thought myself. I mean, to structure out a, a, a clear-cut definition, uh, personally, but I, I believe um, morality, or if it's. To, or should I define moral values or morality in itself as no, as no just principle? like just morality? Okay, it's, it's an act. It's an act, or it's, it's a way of living out, uh, you know, values that are that are beneficial to human existence. You see. Values that are beneficial to human existence. That, okay. Let me leave it as the values beneficial to human existence. You know, like I said, I've not given, I've, I've not sat down to really give a working definition for it. But that's that's a pretty, uh, you know, good one, you know, for me, really. Okay, and uh, yeah, Jide, what do you, what do you think about that definition?
1: Well, um, <laughs> I, I guess I mean it's a it's a, it's a definition that um, I can adopt as well. Um, even though that, even though I think for someone who is a theist like um, Dimijy is, um, I'm not sure. I mean, he might need to give it some more thoughts, But I'm yeah. not sure he wants to go by that. Because yeah. if it goes by that, I agree with
0: you. I, agree. I know where you're going to. <laughs>
1: yeah okay okay all right i agree with you maybe i mean i'm just i'm just saying i'm just i don't want to preempt him or i don't want to agree that the the discussion is going to have to go in one certain direction or the other but okay but well if i if i were to add anything to that i don't really think i have any concrete thing to add per se i guess i would just um say that one of the one of the things that i consider essential to morality is the concept of first of all um human coexistence the concept of society because morality would make no sense if there was only just one human being living in the entire world or one sentient being i should say it might not be a human alone; it might be a human and a cow um i, I think the basically the concept of society has to be there for uh, morality to, to apply um, then secondly also the idea of benefits like Dimiji said um the idea of consequences like I fleshed out so um I think that's uh, at least I I would maybe just add the the idea of society to it um and then the idea of rationality as well but entirely ethics ethics basically just is the entire field of um how we ought to behave in society essentially
0: okay okay thank you I think if I would even if I I was I would like I would try to give it a very broad generation I would um definition rather i would just say it is this concept of defining right and wrong like saying there are certain actions that are wrong there are certain actions that are right i think everybody are going to like most people are going to agree that that that's what morality is though people are now going to to um to disagree on the details but i think that is um that is fine okay so let's just let's go into the the open conversation uh uh, jide do you want to start i think you
1: okay well i don't know um I mean, I, I might want to start, but I always like to give my opening the first word. So I don't know if Dimitri wants to start. No, go ahead, Gideon. Go ahead. Gide. Okay, okay do all, right, all right, good. All right, cool. So, um, so if I I was trying to jot down, I don't know if I missed some of the things you said, but if I did, please just correct me. So you said um, there are three things for you that um, point to the fact that... Um, I, I don't really know how to say this, but our morality is um how do I say it now? Is more probable. I don't know if probability is the word you use, but that morality can be accounted for on theism and not on naturalism. So the first thing you said was about the fact that we have objective moral values, right? Yes, yes, there are objective okay. moral values. All right, good. Okay, so you mentioned objective moral values. You mentioned objective moral duties and objective moral accountability. I don't know if you use objective in, it, in the remaining two, but at least I know you use objective for the for the first one, that's moral values. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I just wanted to know how exactly you are defining objective moral value.
0: Okay. Objective moral values are values that are accepted uh, universally. You see, these values are accepted universally as expression of of um, you know human. Uh, values, let me use that word. Uh, so they are, they, are, they are not something subject, uh, subjective, you know. It's more like oppos- opposite of subjective. So subjective would be for individuals while objective moral values are values that are accepted by everyone. You know, things that are found as wrong, things that are found as debasing, things that are found as, as uh, you know, incorrect. So these values, you know, those, I mean, th- these things are seen universally. Example rape, you know, example, I mean, rape, uh, you know, uh, murder, genocide, all of these things, they are objective moral values and they are accepted as wrong in any society. And it doesn't really matter what anyone feels about it. They are just accepted as incorrect in every society
1: you get to. Okay. Um, so I would have two issues with that. Two problems I should say with that. First of all, something that is accepted universally can, be, can also be subjective. Do you agree with that?
0: No, you, you can't be too sure, except you have uh, you know, an exhaustive knowledge of the
1: universe. I mean, that, that would be... <laughs> you can't okay, be well, too okay, sure. For example, let me, okay, let, me, let me put it this way, for example. Let me use money, for example. Um, you agree that money is a subjective creation of humans, right? Yes, to an extent. Yes what do you mean to an extent is there any extent to which money is maybe i don't know did we meet money here when we when god created us in quotes let me put it that way so i, I you know I, the the
0: concept of money i would rather say it's universal you see not maybe yeah i, I, I
1: agree i agree with you on that i agree that money is universal What I, what i'm just trying to point out is that something that is i mean the fact that something is universal doesn't necessarily mean it is objective because okay let me let me let me try to define what i understand um the word objective to mean um all right so okay so okay i, I saw your notification that was why I, I bleeped a little bit there all right so let me just continue so okay, from what on. i understand objective to mean so, my own understanding of objective is something yes. that is Object-based, something that is not based on a mind, that is not the product of a mind's, you know, forging or conjuring or something like that. Like that is a fact in the world, in a sense. So, yes, yes, okay. I hold that. I don't know if you agree with that. Okay, so,
0: sorry, sorry, I'm coming. Um, I'm sorry. Um, Dimiji, can you please um mute your mic when um Jide is speaking? There's a bit of echo there. uh okay. Yeah, thank you. So, I wanted, to, I wanted to give an example of what Jide said. Let me see if it sort of helps um, the conversation a lot. So, let's assume that there is a solar system, that there, there's one planet there, and we don't know about it on Earth. Like, we have no technology of knowing about that, but it is there, it exists. So, I think Jide would say it is objectively true that that thing is there, even though from our subjective um, experience all over the world, we don't know about it.
1: All right. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yes. Well, I, I don't know if that analogy is the one I would like to use. I think that money analogy is better because the, the main thing is that I wanted to flesh out the the um like there's no the point I'm, I'm trying to make is that there's no logical connection. There's no necessary logical connection between universality and objectivity. Like something that is universally accepted can be something that is subjectively created. Like money, for example, like everybody in Nigeria, for example, everybody in this society accepts the naira as the currency of payment, but there is nothing objective about reality that says that, um, you know, maybe sugar is 10 naira. That's why, for example, Our money is inflation. valuable. Um, that's yeah. why, for example, yeah, that's why, for example, we have inflation. That, for example, a boss from do you live in Lagos?
0: Are you asking me? Do you Oh, Dimitri. No, No,
1: Dimitri. Ilorin, Ilorin. Oh, you live in Ilorin. Okay, all right. So let me use a brother example. So suppose, I mean, that's why, for example, a bus from maybe Ilorin to Elisha can be 500 naira in the morning when there is a lot of people, when there is a lot of demand. And then by noon, it has come down to maybe 300 naira when the demand has dropped. I mean, the fact that it can change in value like that shows that it is a subjective... Like it's not, it's not like any 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 amount of money you hold has some objective value in the world, but it doesn't mean that we don't universally accept it. Like no matter where it is that you go to in Nigeria now, you can tender fi- a five hundred naira note as a as an official currency of exchange, something like that. Now that makes it universal in Nigeria, but it doesn't mean it's. Objective in the sense of it's an object in the world, it's still a, a subjective concept, you know. The idea of attaching value to a certain dollar bill or Naira bill or something like that.
0: You see, uh, may, maybe, maybe, well, uh, I'm 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 i supposed to respond. Yeah, you you're supposed to now, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a dialogue, so you can respond. Yes, okay. yeah,
0: you can respond. You see, what I'm trying to say or what I uh, with the meaning of the word objective, as I understand it is these are values that everyone would not debate as, 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 as right or wrong or as wrong. Sorry. Or as right. Sorry. As right. That's, that's what I intend now. So these things are not open to debate. We, we may not be able okay. to have. Another- okay. Wait, wait, wait. I'm um, sorry. Oh. Jide, Jide, before you uh, respond, I just want to quickly say something. Uh, I think uh, I, I'm, I- um, Dimeji, what if if you had a scenario where uh, something like everybody in the world became maybe morally corrupt I think you believe in something like the the global flood you believe you believe that there was a time God flooded the world so everybody became morally, yeah, yeah. morally corrupt and they all agreed that it was the right thing to maybe kill their babies or something just it's it's, it's an hypothetical scenario you would still I think you are still going to uh, disagree that it is it is um it is objectively rights to kill your babies or something even though everybody well, well, in the world well, is agreeing with it no that that example is overreaching is i mean it's 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 excessive yeah it's excessive. okay no no, no. I, w- talking- I was just trying to like no i was just trying to look at the way you defined it as something that everybody agrees and i, I was just looking at Jide's point that if you say everybody agreeing on something it still doesn't mean like, it still doesn't take you to that um, objective stuff that you're trying to argue for. Well, okay. Well, well, what I just want to say, the analogy you've just given, the analogy you just gave, sorry, it's not, it's not, uh, I mean, it does not jive with reality. What I'm trying to describe is what happens, what, what we see at the moment, what jives with reality. You see, we, we can only but discuss the things that are happening and what we know, with man, what is common with man? You know, the idea is that rule man. You know, the fact that okay, this thing is wrong and is known universally, and it's an objective way of seeing it. I mean, it's it's just universally uh, uh, accepted. That's what I mean by that that expression, objective
1: values. So um, I wanted to ask a question. Okay, yeah. So the the like I said initially, I would also issues with your definition of Um, objectivity first of all was the one I pointed out that there is no necessary connection between objectivity and universality something can be universal and still be subjective Um, but even even if I granted you that um, that you know morality is something that basically every human agrees to something like that for example that rape is wrong Um, I don't think it's 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 as um, it's as intuitively universal as you make it sound that certain values are just you know objective and people just accept them um for example there are there are many cultures in you know in history for example where there are certain kinds of you know things that we would call rape today but that they wouldn't call rape at that particular point in time. So again, that's just another example to show that there are certain, you know, these things that you call universal moral facts are not always as universal as they make them seem. Something like rapes, for example. There are people who, I mean, you made a statement. You said something. You said something like, "Okay, that." um every for example that some everybody agrees that rape is wrong and regardless of some people's opinions regardless of whether some people disagree with it rape is still wrong that seems to be to me to be inconsistent because if your defini- if your definition of something being objective is that everybody agrees to it then the idea of saying even if some people disagree with it it's still objective seems to contradict that I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say.
0: No, no, Jide. What i mean in, in, by that statement is, I'm talking about the, an inner intuition. You see, someone can come out to tell you this is wrong, but by you know his inner disposition, he knows that this is this this is this is right. That's what I mean by that.
1: Okay, how do you measure somebody's inner disposition? Position.
0: Well, <laughs> well, you see, but but. But what, what we see generally, you see, what we see generally, what, what we see generally um, is what I'm trying to describe. Now, I may not be able to say, okay, this is the way a person feels about this matter, about this situation. But there is a, 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 there is a view that, is, that we see to be the thin line, the overhacking line, you know, in history and we know this to be common, you know. So we, we can only say, okay, this is the way human beings view this particular idea. And anyone that views it differently is saying it,
1: I mean, it's only being hypocritical with it. Uh, again, to me, to me that, that sounds, uh, it sounds like you are trying to second guess people's psychology. It seems, are, I mean, in, in, for example, it, it sounds to me like you're saying that this set of principles, no are objectively right and anybody who disagrees with them is just lying i don't know if, if that makes sense i mean why why would i accept that paradigm why why should we assume that they are lying when we can assume that they genuinely have a disagreement on you or, or, with you on that
0: okay i grant you that i i, I grant you that that uh, okay one cannot de- determine uh the intention of people i grant you that but what i w- what i'm just trying to be is as to i mean i'm just trying to be as uh, as realistic as much as possible, to be in, uh, in tune with uh, reality as much as possible. But go ahead, please.
1: Okay, because you know the reason why the reason why I'm, why I'm trying to hammer on this point is that um, you you seem to believe that every culture, um, everybody, everywhere has, believes that rape is wrong. But you know when I when I made a statement earlier about universality and objectivity, you said something like. I Excuse me, you said something like, I haven't been to the uttermost parts of the universe, so I don't know where the objectivity is. But I could also say the same with you, that you haven't sampled literally every culture at all points in time in the history of humanity. And even right now, for you to be able to say that, every single one of them at every point in time has always said that rape is absolutely wrong. So, without that kind of information, how then can you say that based on what people say? How can you make an inference to objectivity um, or to the objectivity of rape being wrong? How can you make that inference from the limited knowledge that you have about human cultures and stuff like that? The question, the question I
0: may also also throw at you is: Will you, do you feel is is the right thing to do? No, I don't think rape is right. Um, so if you don't think, I think rape, rape is, is right, right, why should you think there's a culture that would have felt, or there was a culture that would have felt that, uh, you know, rape is the
1: right thing to do? Um, I'm not saying that there would have been a culture who would have said rape is right. I'm saying that you don't have evidence that there was never any culture that said rape is wrong. Oh, sorry, that said rape is acceptable. That's just what I'm saying. Um, of course, I am not. I'm just one person. I'm not even representative of the 7 billion people who are alive today. In fact, I'm not even representative of the 20 million people who are living in Lagos alone, because I live in Lagos. I'm not even representative of the 20 people who are living in Lagos alone, let alone the 200 billion people in Nigeria as a whole, let alone the 7 billion people on the planet currently as a whole, let alone all the people who have lived all through history. I think the estimate is something around 100 billion human beings have been on this planet. Just... I alone can't be representative of 100 billion people. So the fact that I say that I believe that rape is wrong, and I I, I have my own reasons for saying that, does not mean that everybody else has to agree with me on that. All all right, all all right. go ahead anyone, okay anyone. well i mean the, the point is i just i just have an issue with um your definition of objective in that place okay but let's let him go past objective um let me let me just grant that universality definition for now but how do you define value which i think i'm going to even have a bigger issue with how exactly are you defining the word value
0: okay the, the word value is defined um as described by an absolute. You see, what I mean is there is a set of rules uh, there's a set of rules that, um, that, that, that have been handed down and this set of rules ought to govern the way uh, people act in a society. And so this set of rules are the values, you know, that govern a particular society. So that's what I mean. Okay,
1: so you're de- you defining you're defining values as a set of rules handed down from an absolute being right yeah yeah okay okay so if you're defining values as a set of rules handed down from an absolute being so to speak which i think you you i think it, you mean that's god so that means that your first premise that means that your first premise then becomes um if there is no absolute being then objective moral absolute commands from an absolute being do not exist do you understand that yeah yeah i understand that yes okay but 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 then but then that that would mean you're begging the question because you're in your premise you're already including that um or or i should say in at least one of your premises you're already assuming that the entity we want to prove exists and you're necessarily tying morality with it so wouldn't that amount to begging the question
0: no 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 it, it's gonna it, it, you have to start from the very first premise you uh, you start from God you see premise one would be God and then other other premises you know would flow from that same uh, premise so object i mean sorry moral values exist uh and that is seen in reality and because and if i mean sorry moral values uh, can only exist
1: if God exists. Okay, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, can, I can grant you that, that moral values can only exist if God exists. But the problem I have is your definition of the word value. You define value right now as a set of rules that is handed down from an absolute being. Yeah. Right? Okay, so yes. that means you are saying that because the idea, the idea with definitions is that if you have the definition of a word, you can It you can remove um, the word there and put the definition, and it should still make the exact same sense. For example, let me let me use this example I can say, I am sitting on a chair, and I can say, I am sitting on a four legged piece of furniture that people can sit on. Now, those two sentences make the exact same sense, and when I say that, you are basically picturing the same thing you're picturing a chair because. When I say a four-legged piece of furniture that people can sit on, everybody understands that that's what we define chairs as. That's the definition of what a chair is. Now, when when you say something like, you want to define a chair, and then you now say something like, I am sitting on a four-legged piece of furniture called a chair, that people sit on and call a chair or something like that, you're already including the term you want to prove, so to speak, in your definition. that, That doesn't really help because you've created some kind of circularity there. I'm saying that that's basically the same thing you're doing in this case. When you say that values mean a set of rules handed down from a moral, oh, sorry, from an absolute being, you're essentially saying that moral values equals moral set of rules handed down from an absolute being. So when you now say, if a moral set of if if a moral set of um, rules handed down from an absolute being does not exist, then God does not exist. Of course, that follows because that's more or less like a tautology. It's like saying that if God didn't describe morality, then morality doesn't exist. That's basically where. The last statement. Please. Oh sorry. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. You're basically saying that if um, God, uh, how do I put it now? You're saying that. If moral values prescribed by god or sorry if moral commands prescribed by god does not exist then god does not exist that's basically what you're saying and for me that's circular because you have already included God in the definition that you're trying to prove well you see um
0: maybe maybe um we we come at it like you, you're trying to use a lot of logic in this case <laughs> and then i'm supposed to use logic <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, trying, trying to use a lot of logic in this case, but 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 the, the truth remains. The truth remains, and that and that is the existence of moral values, and the, not only the existence, but the 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 founding of moral values can only be if there is, you know, someone who is is in charge of
1: doling them out. You see, doling yeah, I mean. I mean. I could grant you this, okay? I mean, I don't have a problem with this statement you just made. But my issue again, once again, is with the word value. Because you have already defined value to mean something given by a man. What am I saying? Something given by an absolute being. So it's just like you're saying, if something given by an absolute being exists, then an absolute being exists. That already begs the question that an absolute being exists. So essentially what you're saying, what you're basically saying is that an atheist cannot even talk about morality at all. That's essentially what you're saying. That you and I can have a a discussion about morality because you have already defined morality as something that is necessarily theistic. I don't
0: know if you understand what I mean. I also hold that view, but you see, you, you will not grant me because I hold that view based on scriptural dictates. You know, I hold that view based on uh, the book of Romans, chapter 2, verse 15, that talks about the fact that every human being has within him that uh, moral intuition. Okay. Yeah. yeah every but, human but, being has within again, him that moral intuition, all
1: right, all right. Moral right. intuition right. comes from god okay so, so but for someone for someone who does not accept the authority of scripture for example so you're saying yeah. that it, essentially what you're saying is that you either accept the authority of scripture or yeah. you give up on morality you give up on moral ontology i should say no right? no even if you don't
0: accept it you see, you don't accept, uh, you don't accept, uh, presuming, if, if, if you don't accept the president as, as the president of the nation, that does not stop him from being the president.
1: Yeah, but that stops, that that means that you are wrong about who the president is, right? And you may be wrong about who the president is, you're right, but yeah.
0: that, does, that does not mean- Yeah, exactly. That. So the fact that you are able to make, uh, you are able to express a sense of morality I presume that to be an intuition or, or or something that comes from God, but that you don't believe in the existence of God does not mean you don't, you don't have that, you know,
1: uh, you, you can't lean towards a sense of morality. Yeah, but well, that's my problem again, because again, you you're still begging the question by saying that when... An atheist talks about, we're not even talking about an atheist practicing morality now. We're talking about moral ontology, like an atheist no. grounding morality or saying the so, what, what the source of morality is or where morality no. comes from. You are essentially saying that it is because for you to define morality or moral values as something that is necessarily theistic, You are essentially no. saying that it is impossible for an atheist to talk about morality because they don't believe in God. They don't believe there is a God. So for them to say anything about morality means they are contradicting their worldview necessarily, right? Yes. Yeah. Gidea, yeah. But, what but I, again, the pro- the problem is that it is impossible.
0: Sorry, Jide. Sorry. What what I'm saying it is impossible for an atheist to moral to uh, logically ground morality without first accepting uh, the, the the existence of an absolute. That's what I'm saying.
1: All right. All right. Fine. Um, I mean, I, it's not like I don't I, I don't agree with that. But let me let me try to present to represent the consequentialist theory that I presented earlier, and then we'll just see where we can go from there. So, um, if I remember correctly, I said you know, for consequentialism to hold as a moral theory, there are certain things that you have to have in place. Um, human rationality is the first thing. Um, human society. It might not be... Just grant me the word human for now. I don't necessarily mean human. I'm just talking about sentient beings in general. Um, there's that. Then there's the reality of pleasure and pain. Um, and also the implicit assumption that pleasure and pain is often generally, if not um, absolutely, is often generally attached to human goals. Um, pleasure, by the way, is not just sensual pleasure or something like sexual pleasure or, um, you know, passing, or things like that. I, I mean, pleasure in the broadest sense. Pleasure can be something like having good health or um, getting a degree or um, being rescued from, you know, the pangs of death or something like that. And and pain also can be defined in that way, just broadly, generally, Um, you know, not having your money stolen, not having your, not being in mental disturbance or whatever it is like that. Um, We can get into all that. Um, Once we have these basic three things, human rationality, human society, the reality of pleasure and pain, Um, once we have these basic three things, and I think I also mentioned um, human subjective goals, which is a fact, I mean... It's a fact, it's an objective fact that we have subjective goals. I don't think anybody would uh, disagree with that. So once we have those four things, we can flesh out our morality from there. We can use that to determine to a very large extent what we ought to do and what we ought not to do in certain situations. Of course, it's not going to be an absolute, um, an absolute paradigm because I don't think that there's any absolute paradigm for morality, every, every meta-ethical worldview Feels at some point, you know, breaks down when it comes to some specific scenarios um, where we just tend to more or less go on our intuition or immediate thinking. But at least as a broad foundation for morality, this seems to me to be very plausible. So, why exactly do you think I should give this up? Yes, uh, you see, Jeder, G-
0: you've you've made an assumption, and that is that is an assumption that you you, you you've not you've not said really, and the assumption is the. That human is special, a creation of or, or a, a, a special in evolutionary trend. Maybe I should use that word. But the naturalistic worldview does not hold that. There's no special creation, there's no special being, there's no special entity you know, in the universe. And so we can only, you can only, you can only speak of these items if you grant the, the fact that. Man has intrinsic worth. You see, if man does not have intrinsic worth, all of these items you've just outlined don't really mean anything.
1: Okay, but how exactly did I assume that? Because I don't think, like I said, let me let me read out the four points that I read out again: human rationality, human society, human subjective rules, and the reality of pleasure and pain. Now, what about this? What about these four facts I just read out? Makes any assumption that humans are special. I don't think I said that at all. You see, the fact that
0: you're discussing pleasure and pain, you see, as to and you're saying that we should we should have all of these things as our goals,
1: and let us make no, a- no, no. I'm not saying that we should. I'm not saying sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I'm not saying that we should have them as our goals. I'm saying it's a fact that we have these things, at least generally speaking, as subjective goals. At least I know for myself that I want to be wealthy. Um, I don't want to have an accident tomorrow and break my two legs and be in pain. Um, I don't want someone to come to my house and shoot my wife and daughter and son. Um, I don't want someone to put me in emotional stress. I don't want someone to put me in physical stress or physical pain. I want to avoid those things unless when they are absolutely necessary for me to get some maybe greater good or something out of them. No, but but what, what you see, you, you have made that your goals really
0: by what you just said, and and that that you presume to be the goal of human existence, you see, and that we should make our moralities sequel to all of these outlined, all of the things you've outlined, and if there's anything, if anything would aid their existence, then we shall set uh, such a value,
1: you know, and if there's okay, anything so, that, so if I may ask you a question, okay. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Do you know of any human being whom you would describe as rational? Someone who is in their, their, in their right senses, they're not mentally disturbed, they're not mentally challenged, they're not psychologically disturbed, that wants to suffer themselves. Do you know of anybody like that? Of course, none. none, none Okay, music. okay, okay. All right, fine. So the, the reason why I'm saying that is because you're saying I'm making an assumption I'm not making an assumption. It's an inductive inference. Now, I made that inductive inference on the basis that every human being, every rational human being, every human being of mental clarity that I have ever encountered always wants for themselves, if not for anybody else, at least. At least for themselves, they always, want, they always want pleasure. They don't want to suffer. They don't want to be in pain. They don't want to be sick. And in one way or the other, they always strive to ensure that they avoid pain and they maximize their pleasure. Like I said, I'm not, de- I'm not defining pleasure in the sensual sense. I'm defining it in a broad sense. So, right. so it's an inductive inference. It's not an assumption.
0: Okay, yeah, I grant that. So what you mean is that every, any value that
1: aids these four things should be accepted, right? Uh, well, I wouldn't say any, but I would say that whatever value that we want to prescribe um, as our moral values for society, any value that is going to fall out of these things should be able to put all these four things into account, at least in the vast majority of the cases. Okay, now who, who would hold all of these things together? Who
0: would, uh, uh, you, you might have, an, I mean, you sound intelligent, I and mean, you can have someone else who would come and challenge those goals.
1: Yeah, and um, for, for, for anybody to come and challenge those goals, they would have to, again, I would have to assess them. On the basis of, for example, I mean, anybody who's going to challenge the subjective goals that I have would have to pass the very first test, which is of human rationality. Now, what's human rationality? We're talking about the ability to reason, um, the ability to reason from premises to conclusion. That's logical thinking. Um, I mean, I have to assess the overall intelligence. I'm not just talking about bookish intelligence in terms of how much of physics they know or how much of chemistry they know, but their emotional intelligence, their ability to express empathy and other things like that. Um, So, I mean, that's one thing I'm going to have to consider. If someone is going to have to come and challenge why I have my goals or why other people have the goals that they have.
0: Well, uh, but I I want to assure you that you always have a a lot of... I mean, you have some people coming out to uh, challenge, um, you know, outlines given by, by
1: man. Yeah, it's that's fine. I mean, um, it's fine. Uh, f- for example, there are people, there are people who also challenge. There are people who challenge scriptural authority as well. Um, yeah, another scriptural authority. Authority simply about scriptural authority as a foundation of moral values. So uh, the point I'm making here is that anything can any moral worldview can be challenged. It doesn't really mean that there's something wrong with it intrinsically. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But,
0: but, but that will not be open to, to human debates that will bring these ideas to the, to, 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 to the market and then we trade them out, right? Oh.
1: Well, human rationality is not open to human debates. Neither is human society. Neither is the reality of pleasure and pain. And neither is the fact that humans have subjective goals. Now, the kind of morality that falls out of this can be things that we can debate about or not. But I, I want to I actually hone in on this issue of Um, having, you know, um, debatable morality, so to speak. Let me put it that way. Um, Of course, debatable morality puts in the possibility of moral change over time, uh, which is also an interesting discussion as well. Uh, But what I wanted to highlight is, you know, what I've been trying to flesh out is a rather objectivist view of morality. But suppose what I just said is subjective morality and it can be changed over time. Why exactly should I see that as a bad thing? Why I mean, why should I prefer morality that earned more or society gets better, whatever it is that it changes with relative to? Why should I prefer why should I not prefer that to a morality that is fixed for all time and all cultures in all places, regardless of the nuances of each and every culture? Yeah,
0: b- because because a change morality or a, a dynamic morality is subject to human manipulation. Humans can yeah.
1: adjust morality, you know, and use them to their own advantage. And yeah, but, you know, but, so, but, so is, but so is divine morality. I mean, there are people who take up the Bible and use and interpret it in a way that says, slavery is right, let's enslave blacks, you know, blacks are inferior or whatever. I mean, all of these has happened in history before. You you can't can't define a philosophy by abuse, you see, that you have some
0: individuals misusing as scriptural tenets does not really mean
1: that, um, you know, that's what the Bible holds. You define well. Well, well, why then then can't I say the same thing? Why can't I say the same thing about this subjectivist view of morality that the people, the humans who are manipulating it to create morality that actually harms other people are abusing it. Why can't I say that? Because
0: the manual is man.
1: The manual is man. The manual is human ideas. Okay, but you know, the thing is, when I said man, I wasn't just talking about um, individual humans. I'm talking about what benefits society as a whole. Recollect that when you defined morality earlier, you defined it as, um, what what was that word you used? Something that benefits humans. I I, I don't really know if that's how you defined it. Yeah, I don't know if um, our. Okay, okay, I I can see it here. You said morality is a way of living out values that are beneficial to human existence. So, if I define morality in this way, that there are values that are beneficial to human existence, why can't I then come and say that somebody who is using it to maybe further their own personal agenda and putting other people in pain or putting other people to death or things like that? Why can't I say that based on your own definition of morality, they are abusing the um, consequentialist theory that I just fleshed out? Well, you see, the, the issue is
0: um, well, the issue I, all I have, let me just tell you the issue I have generally with the naturalistic worldview when it, when it has to do with coming up with its own morality. You see, other matters will now be subject to my thinking through of these issues one after the other. But the, the overhauling issue or the overhacking uh, action issue is this. Is that okay? You have morality that comes from man, that is man-centered. You see, and if it is man-centered, it can be manipulated. And once it is manipulated, then what you have is individuals within the community would have to bring them to to the uh, to the uh, to, 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 for, for debate. And once they are brought for debate. Uh, the, perhaps the, the heavier one or the weightier one would trample upon the lower one or the weaker one, you see? And, and you, you cannot be too sure of an idea behind what human beings purports, especially if you have a group, if you have a society where you have a group of people that you can term as intelligent, you see, and that's what you will find. You'll find a case in which the intelligent ones will out morality to the weaker ones or to the less intelligent ones. And they can do these things for their own sake, for their own selfish, um,
1: selfish reasons. All right, um, but if you, if you recollect, when I, when I fleshed out my four points earlier, I did not use the word intelligence. I used the word rationality. Those, they, they mean very different things. The intelligence is because you know, people people can say, intelligent people are, you know, maybe like Nobel Prize winners, um, people who are, you know, politically savvy or whatever it is. People could, people can say, okay, those are the kind of people that are intelligent. But the fact that you won the Nobel Prize in physics and chemistry, in economics or whatever it is, the fact that you won the Nobel Prize doesn't mean that you're an empathetic human being it doesn't mean that you're a rational human being it doesn't mean that you have something like emotional intelligence for example it doesn't mean that you're able you're you're very well capable of putting yourself in the shoes of other people and again the point i kept um, emphasizing is human rationality the point here is this insofar as the participants of society are rational people whenever we come together to flesh out a disagreement when it comes to morality. We believe that our rationality is going to trump, um, you know, maybe some kind of um, subjective, should I, should I say, um, agenda, if I, if, I, if I could use that word. That human rationality is such that you want to get to the best conclusions from the most plausible of premises. Right, yeah. so if yeah. we are starting from the same, if we have the same plausible premises on ground and we are looking at those pl- um, plausible premises objectively, we reasonably should get more or less the same okay. conclusion on every matter. Now, again, this is a hypothetical thing because, of course, consequentialism is a hypothetical theory, it's not like um, we're saying that okay, that this is how we how set problem. up the the yeah. But the point I'm just trying to make is that, insofar as we have human rationality insofar as we have human society, insofar as we have the reality of pleasure and pain, and insofar as we have the recognition that there are certain subjective goals that every individual human or even society has, insofar as we have four, th- these four ingredients, we can, then, we can then use that as a template to build our morality upon. Now, the question I have is, why should I not prefer that one, that morality that can be subject to change, to a morality that can never, ever, ever be changed, regardless of the nuances or the advancement of society. Just saying it's because it's manipulatable that humans can tamper with it and, and turn it in, into something that can eventually harm people. But I've already built into my consequentialist framework that a rational human will not desire harming other people, at least without any... Points, or you know just for the sake of it to harm people for the sake of it i've already built that into the consequentialist theory just like you have already built it into your, into your own moral theory that god is perfectly good and god pre- always perfectly wants um human beings to flourish or human beings to prosper or human beings to experience benefits like you said so why should that be available to you and not to me that's the question now, question
0: now. You, you see um one, one thing I, I want you to know is that Whatever theory you bring up to be the theory to define morality, you will have a lot of people who will want to make their own decisions, you know, and the kind of decision they will make or the kind of decisions they will make can, it can be a decision that will not help those outlined, um, uh, you know, the things you have outlined. And they can logically do these things you know behind the cutting if they do these things behind the cutting then because what you what what you i know what you put in or what, what you use as the guiding uh, or as the let me use the word the police for all of these principles is maybe the judges right who will attend to yes this, in a this, sense yeah the deviants, right the judges maybe the the whatever Right, you put them there now. These are the people you put in charge to see to the adhering to these principles. Now, what will happen to those that will want to uh debate from these principles and they will do that
1: perhaps behind the curtain? Okay, um, th- this okay, first of all, um, I should say that, uh, well, when you say people that want to do things behind the curtain and get away with that. want to escape the face of the law. Um, that's rather unfortunate. Um, because of course, people can always find a way of getting past, um, getting past, you know, the moral principles or the judicial principles of society. In fact, some people can even do it in the face of society and still bribe their way out of justice. It's just an unfortunate reality um, of human beings. However, Excuse me. However, the I think this is this is a complete and by the way, this time is from for now we have shifted away from moral values and we are talking about moral accountability. If, yeah because I know you brought this up. Okay, all right, good, fine. So um, however, this is not um how will I put it? This is not really a case that applies. Now we are talking about someone who is not himself acting within the moral framework. As a matter of fact, that person has he has isolated himself, he has just tried to get away with it. Now, the real problem <laughs> for my moral theory would be did they, if society knows.
0: Sorry for boting. I'm so sorry, please. You see, no problem. what we are is a principle that we that we that have a catchment that we have a broad catchment area, indeed, a principle, not even catchment area now, that should
1: govern everyone. That should yeah, see and and, that. I, and I said that, and I said that insofar as we have and certain moral principles what, based on the four. You know what what I said was insofar as we have um, those four principles I laid on uh, I laid out earlier. Um, yeah. I'm not going to repeat them for the sake of time. Insofar as we have those four principles that I laid out earlier, and insofar yeah. as um, we can build our morality from that place and not just our morality but we can build up our moral responsibility and by the way, when i say morality i mean moral value we can build up our moral values from there and not just our moral values but we can build up our moral responsibility and moral accountability from all that now are there human beings who can be smart enough to bypass that who can be smart enough to blindside the law and yeah. get you know and have their own way sure there are but that's not the fault of the law that's just the fact that humans are limited in knowledge and in scope. We don't know what everybody is doing in secret, but the real problem would not be, oh, you don't know what people are doing in secret, so your moral framework is bad. The real problem would be, you know what people are doing in secret, but you don't do anything about it. That's when the real problem would come in. And that, and as far as I, um, as I can tell, um, for a perfectly human, uh, humanly developed judicial system, Those kind of loopholes don't come in. Now, where I'm going to throw the gauntlet back to you is that when it comes to Christianity, that's exactly what we have. Because according to the Christian framework, and you can correct me on, on this if I'm wrong, but according to the Christian framework, basically all you need for you to get salvation, for you to get into heaven, or for you to, I don't really know what the ultimate goal is you know, for Christians. There are different schools of Christianity. But all you need to do, is to believe in Jesus, to confess Him as your Lord and Savior. Um, how does How does Romans ten say it now? That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So, yeah. with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That should be that should be Romans ten verse 9 to 10. Once you've yeah. met that condition, yeah. Once you've met that condition, then your sins are no longer imputed to you. Um, yeah. I think it's Romans four that says, "Blessed is the man." Um, whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered okay and blessed is the man to whom the lord shall not impute iniquity in other words it is in principle in principle it is possible for you to continue sinning as a christian for god to be aware of your sins but just because you believe in the lord jesus christ as as your lord and savior God is not going to punish you for your sins, because God has already punished Jesus for your sins. That is not moral accountability. That is moral escapism. No, 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 no. See, see, now, now,
0: no, I won't grant that. I won't grant that. The, 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 the fact of sin, the fact of sin is the fact that there is someone, and, and, and that's, that's you, you see it does, because you, you, you have not really considered the person of Jesus. So if you fully consider the person of Jesus and the fact that God became man in the flesh and condescended to humanity and took upon the sin of mankind, there is nothing as low as that. There is nothing as pain. There is nothing that can define pain for the sins of mankind more than that. And he did that not only condescending, becoming man, he also went to the cross. So he has paid the full, yeah, God has I mean Christ has paid the full price, so it's not that and, and God made it so yeah. that Jesus Christ came in order to tell you the heinousness of sin, and in order to tell you that sin is no mean thing,
1: you know. God could have okay. said I, I, I agree with that, but you know the point remains again that you know, like you said, you said I, I can't remember how you said it now, but it said something like Jesus paid the price for our sins, right? Yeah, okay, so that means. We are the ones that committed the sins, but we are not the ones that are paying for it. Yes. Well, then how is God holding us accountable? God is not holding us accountable. He's holding Jesus accountable for my sins. Now, you you bring everything together. You bring the whole nature of God together.
0: You see, you can't can't deal with one nature and exclude the other. God is just. God is love. The love of God, you know, makes Christ come to the world. And then uh, the justice of God made Christ also pay for the sin now it uh, assigns that the love of god also you no, know No, but, but okay you, we need to dwell on this
1: we need to dwell no, on no. this well no, w- whether I'm the love of god veggies, okay sorry. um sorry sorry
0: sorry. 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 sorry 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 i sorry i would need to like uh let you guys know that we we're, we're almost reaching the one hour 30 minutes mark now so we begin to all right we need to like uh start to wrap, wrap up
1: okay so again i want to i want us to dwell on this on this particular subject a little bit more so let me use let me use a very clear scenario now i think it, it's in the book of luke but when jesus was crucified there were two there were two thieves that were crucified with him
0: one yeah. was on the left
1: one was on the right right yeah yeah now according to the book of luke not all the all the books of the new testament agree on this but the, the book of luke said that the thief on the on the left mocked jesus and said something yeah. like, if you are truly the son of God, why don't you just save yourself and save us too? And then the, the one on the right, the one on the right said something like, don't you have any respect for God? Can't you see that this man is an innocent man? And then yeah. the right, the one on the right looked at Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus looked at him and said, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Okay. Now, I'm assuming that based on the word of Jesus, that guy received salvation on the cross, right? Yeah. Now, that guy also died on the cross. In other words, we can basically assume that that guy in his entire life just did wrong stuff. Right? Okay. Go ahead. Okay, good. Now, at the very last moment of his life, he, in quotes, gave his life to Christ. Unquote. Right? Yeah. And because of that, he never got punished for his sins. Jesus was the one that got punished for his sins. Yeah. Okay, so that means the guy himself was not held accountable for his own sins. Somebody else was held, was held, was held accountable on behalf of him. Yes, and, and that, that explains the love of God. Okay, but that that's not even... I mean, you can call it love if you want to call it love. I but the, justice is, the point is that's huh? not justice. That's not justice. That's no, no, helping
0: no. somebody escape. No, 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 no. See, it, it, it is, it is justice in the sense that there is someone that is paying for it. It will not be justice if there's nobody paying hey, for but it. But it's not
1: you. The, the person paying for it is not the person that committed the sin. So that person himself is not being held accountable. That's the point, right? No, but the platform, the platform that is paying for it is the love of God. It's a. Elic- okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. So let, let's just maybe bring it home a little bit. Suppose um, somebody, uh, I'm sorry, if this if this analogy is offensive, just let me know so I can cut it out. Um, suppose you have your, your one and only child. Somebody killed that child. Or suppose I was the one that killed the child. I killed your child. And it's not just that, it's not just that I killed him, but I killed him in the most brutal of ways. Like I shred, I, I butchered the boy, I made him suffer very miserably. And then I am charged to court, And the entire jury found me guilty. And the judge himself said, I pronounce you guilty, right? And he said, I sentence you to death by hanging. And I said, but because of my love and my mercy as a judge, I am going to punish um, maybe, I don't know, Ibrahim Babangida or somebody else, maybe the Queen of England or somebody else like that. I'm going to punish them on your behalf. Would you consider that to be justice? Would you consider justice to have been served? You see, that analogy will not work in this case.
0: You see, Why not? it's not simply because the person paying for it
1: is also God in the flesh. But you I see, don't think that's is, relevant. The, the point, you're, you're missing the point. The point here Gide- is that the person, the person that committed the crime, the person that committed the crime is not being held accountable. In other words, God is letting that person go. That's just the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Gide- you have to consider the whole thing. And, and that's theology. No, I, I, am, I am considering the whole thing. I'm considering the whole thing. I'm saying that whether God is love, whether God is just, whether no matter what it is, no matter what God is, even if God is perfectly good, even if God is a perfect being of any kind, the mere fact that the person who committed the sin is not being held accountable. Even if God himself said, I want to take your punishment on me and punish myself, the fact still remains that the person who deserved the punishment did not get it. But that would be that would be it. it, it would be it, it. would be
0: injustice if somebody else, you know, takes the place. Aside, okay. God Himself. Yeah, and that it became. I mean, God had to
1: come in human flesh. So why, no why does would... why does God why does God taking my sins from me? Why does God suffering in my place for my sins? counts as moral accountability yeah b- because it, it would be injustice for any other person to do it why would it be justice for god to do it that's my question
0: yeah it would be justice because you know he's himself and he's the is the judge
1: in this case he's one to but define that, what that, that doesn't i don't think that follows okay okay let me put it this way let me put it this way let me use that analogy i used before let me use that analogy i used before that the person um let let me let me put it this way let me say that it is the son of the judge let me put it this way let's say you are the judge and i killed your son i butchered your son i bastardized him entirely and then the jury found me guilty and you as the judge you told me you are guilty of this offense you are hereby sentenced to death by hanging but because i am a good judge and because i love you i am going to hang myself in your place would you still consider that to be justice just because it is the judge that is, is taking the sentence, my, my point is, my point is, would you still consider that to be justice? Yes. That's the question. I will. I will. I will. I will. Okay, I so will. that means that means it is possible. That means it is possible for a person who committed an offence to no, not no, be punished no. for that offence. You see, Jireh,
0: what we are talking about here, you see, when you're talking about God, you have, to understand, you have to bring to bear all of the parameters. And that's what I'm trying to say. Now, you, you, there's a limit of we can use human analogies, you know, to explain the, I mean, templates in scriptural truths, you know, biblical realities. You, see, you have to bring about the omniscience of God. You bring about all of the attributes of God. And so if he's paying the price for it, he has sufficient knowledge,
1: you know, to do that. Okay, I but whatever sufficient yes. knowledge God has, hold on, hold on. Whatever sufficient knowledge God has, whatever sufficient power God has, whatever sufficient wisdom God has, the fact still remains that the person who committed the offense is not being held accountable for the offense. Am I correct? Yes, you are right. Okay. You're That's, right. Okay, so that means that that means that follows that, that person is not held accountable, in other words. There's no moral responsibility on that person. On that person has seen as totally being washed off
0: because okay. someone was paid Sorry. Uh, okay. S- sorry, I have I have a few questions that I would like to ask. So maybe we we'll...
1: <laughs> I have right, few I guess, questions i would like just, to ask both of you. I'll
0: just, yeah.
1: I'll just I'll just sustain my my um conversation here. Okay, okay, I, okay I think okay. it's been good anyway. So let's just go on. Okay, thank you very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me just let me just say, uh, Dimaji. Yeah, first of all, I noticed back to this thing that we were talking about. I noticed you, you, you kind of made this argument that if uh, like if human, if it's all so, if it's all about human beings and there is no sort of maybe there is no God watching us and all that, then people can really do things in secret and like they could you could say they could, they could break the the laws and nothing is going to happen to them. So that there is no uh, accountability, but now yes. I see that there is also an issue in your worldview. Whereby, if we if we if we look deeply into your worldview, like like GD has been trying to like let you know since, you still lose this old ac- accountability issue because it's all about like people are still not being held responsible for their actions as long as they believe in Jesus. So that is one thing I just wanted to say. Like, don't you see a bit of um, is, what do they call this thing? Like, there's a bit of um a self defeat uh, yeah it, you self defeat yourself there human you is yeah you see what, what i'm saying is this um, although here we are not discussing so much of theology but philosophy you see this is philosophy and, and that's why when we come into the realm of theology then that is we are discussing god and his attributes you see and so when we are discussing god and his attributes, we are already jacketed you see we are already boxed to a corner then we must only discuss god the basis of what he has revealed himself to be if not we get out of theology and going into back to philosophy mm, you okay. see uh, we, there, there's a limit to which we can make analogies there's a limit to, to which and that is why uh you know sometimes a, a person can be a good theologian and not be a good philosopher you see and it can be either and so when he's making analogies he's making analogies as a philosopher now I'm trying to bring in a theological worldview
1: that the justice has been served. Um, Mister uh, Mister Onome, can you can you can you kindly permit us five extra minutes because I, I really want to get to the heart of this issue. Okay, the justice has okay. been served. No
0: problem, no problem.
1: Go on. All right, the justice thank you. Has been served. And okay. Every uh,
0: other
1: so so taking... let me let let's let, let me let me get to we, the, let me get to the bottom. What's your definition okay. of justice? What should, how do you define justice?
0: Justice is an act, you see, of serving due recompense for what has been done. Serving due punishments for what has been done. Okay,
1: Okay. so um, do you consider it due punishment for Mr. X to be punished for the offenses of Mr. Y? It's not
0: due punishment in the... Analogies you've been giving. Okay, so in
1: what in what scenarios in what scenarios would it be due punishment to punishment based on the principle of God who He is? Okay, so what about God's hold on hold on? What about God's nature makes it acceptable to punish one person for another person's sin? The love of God. Why? Why? What's lovable about that?
0: It's not in the sense that he's not taking it to someone else he's the one
1: taking the place but that's he- still not justice that's my point that's you can you can say you can call that mercy but it's not justice
0: right? well well it, it's it's all encompassing it includes all oh, it's all inclusive no, 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 justice say,
1: it's not it's not all inclusive because somebody is escaping somebody sorry somebody is escaping a punishment that he ought to get is getting some mean, grace. I, He's getting grace, so to speak. That's the word, grace, right? Yeah,
0: I've been He's hitting getting on the, the grace of
1: God. Okay, well,
0: I, I, I think, Gideon, don't you know, to agree to the term that it is not another human being
1: pain, but God paying. And yeah, if I, I, I agree, I agree that it's God that's doing the pain. My focus think, now is not. My focus now is not on God being the one that's paid. God can, He can do whatever He wants. He's God. Like you said, yeah. he knows all things. He knows far more than any of us would ever know if he exists. Yeah. I'm granting a, just for the sake of the My point is, that my only point here is that the mere fact that God said, you know what, you are such a hopeless, worthless sinner, but I love you so much that I will not punish you for your sins, but I will punish myself for your sins. That mere fact shows that there is no moral accountability. That's my point here. In other yeah, words, it means, it means that we are not being held accountable for our own actions. And by the way, I, I need to point this out. There are people who are going to go to hell. People like me, for example, who don't believe in Jesus. Um, we are going to go to hell. I don't know if you if you are an annihilationist or an hellfire. I don't know what they call hellfireist or whatever it is. But there are people who are going to go to
0: hell. conscious so, torment.
1: Yeah, eternal so um, There are people who are going to go to hell who are going to burn in hell forever not because they were imperfect in their morality but because they did not believe in the name of the Son of God. So it's not like God's love is so all-encompassing that no matter what happens, some people get escaped. There is still something that needs to be done. There is still some faith that somebody needs, needs to have for them to escape that punishment. Eventually, right? This thing is not done in the closet. It's it's open to all. Yeah, that's my that's my point. That's my point. That in fact, what even makes it worse is the fact that it's not done in the closet. Because you know, like I said, in the case of naturalism, the reason why we wouldn't punish someone who is able to bypass our system of justice is because we are limited in our knowledge, we are limited in our scope, we don't always see every offender, so that's how some people can get away with it, but in the case of God, he sees every offender, and yet, he chooses to, in quotes, collect bribe, I know this might sound a bit wrong to you, um, but that's just the way it looks to me, it's just like God looks at my life and says, look, your life is so full of sin, your life is so full of guilt, your life is so full of guilt, but I'm going to take all that and put it on myself. If you can just believe in me, it it just basically sounds like someone, a, a judge who is on who is at the at the podium and says, "You know what? You committed a sin against my son. You killed my son. You butchered my son. You destroyed him. You are worthy of death by hanging. But I am going to take your punishment on your behalf. If you can subscribe to becoming." A Chelsea fan, something like that, for example. Uh, if you don't become a Chelsea fan, then if don't a Chelsea fan, then I will hang you. That was hilarious. Fan, then... No, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. If, I'm a Chelsea fan anyway, so I mean, not all yeah, Chelsea that, fans are like that. That's why it's making
0: I, me laugh so much. That's
1: not, that's not the point. But, I mean. It's just like an analogy for it, okay? Now, you might say, oh, well, it's not, the analogy doesn't really apply to God or this one or that one. But to me, it just seems to... I mean, we can draw parallels, relevant parallels between this analogy I just pointed out and the one that you have in your heavenly story of God delivering people from sin or whatever. No, no, see, see Jireh, Jire, you know what? I, I, I think now the point
0: have, you, you, you've made and all of those things you've said, really, you've, you, you've limited it to God. But now we're talking about man who, if, okay, in terms of the Christian worldview, in theistic worldview generally, or I call it, but okay, in theistic worldview generally, now I'm not going to do some things because I know there is someone who is overseeing whatever I'm doing. Now that is sufficient a matter of discourse for us. But for your worldview, the naturalistic worldview, uh, the truth remains that, like you rightly said, uh, you have limited knowledge. So you have a lot of people that can bypass the law and not be punished for whatever they, they, you know, they've done. Okay. um, For me, for me, first of all, I'm going to make my decisions decisions because I know someone else is looking, someone else is watching, but you, a lot of people can get away with it.
1: Okay. um,
0: I think we would have to wrap up very soon.
1: Sorry. This would... uh, and I, I wish we could go on with this. I really, because I have a lot of responses to this thing that I just said now, for example. Because this thing is going to take us back to the issue of moral responsibility and moral values. First of all, um, uh, you said something about you you withdrew from a Christian worldview and then you came back to a more a broader, theistic worldview. I think you did that because you see that there's a problem with your particular Christian worldview, which no, is one no, of the things no, no. i tried to point out. But, no, but no, no, we, I, 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 It's not that so we are okay, never right. to agree. what i think and what what do you think really all right all right that's fine so i'll put a pin in that i'll put a pin in that i'll put a pin in that now you said something about well in the case of human beings there's no one to watch over you so basically you can do whatever you like as long as you can bypass the law we recognize this and that's why one of the fundamental tenets of the consequentialist view i stretched out was human rationality we recognize that (laughs) Um, humans will, will not be able to watch over every human 100% of the time. We don't have that kind of knowledge. So, what do we do instead? We come up with what we call moral education. We teach people right from a young age how to behave in society based on years upon years, millennia upon millennia of human experimentation in past societies, what worked, what didn't work what we can learn from history, what we can learn from philosophy, what we can learn from science. We put all that together into a body of moral education and we teach one another. We try to educate one another in this way, such that we educate one another in such a way that we don't need somebody to watch over us for us to be able to do what is right or what is wrong. As a matter of fact, I think it's a very, um, uh, sorry if this word might sound a little bit offensive, but I think it's a sick, moral framework, when somebody has to watch you, when you have to have, it, 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 it does, you're just basically saying, I don't have a mind of my own. I don't have proper moral education. I always want to do something bad. And without the presence of, of a moral authority, then I will only do... In other words, what you're essentially saying is that, I don't really have sound moral values. I need somebody else to watch over me for me to pretend like I have sound moral values. If that person was not there, then I would go ahead and maybe slaughter people or rape people or steal money from people and all that. To me, that's not because naturalism doesn't ground morality. That's just because you have a, um, should I say, a core system of moral values already. That's just the way I look now, at it. Didn't. Get get on. number one. I should say that. Uh, okay, carry on, carry on, sorry.
0: Number one, I want to say that what you've just said is Absolutely theoretical. The truth remains that when we go to practicing these things, we see that human beings are really, really, you know, they're really, really at it at cutting corners.
1: That's
0: what we see. That's what we experience.
1: Well, see, I, it, I disagree. I disagree with that. To a large extent, no, no, you shouldn't, um, right?
0: Dude, no, no, no. I, have-
1: I know you. I know you. I know you believe I shouldn't, but I will. And the reason why I will is because we have empirical evidence that in a society where there is good uh, moral education, and not just good moral educations, but a good state setup, where the, where you have a good state, in, in other words, the government is good, social amenities are there, and all those things are there, people behave much more morally than in societies where there is lack. And when there is there is no proper moral education, there's only one-sided ways of looking at morality and all that. We can go into studies in, in Scandinavia, in some parts of Asia, some parts of Europe. We can flesh it out and look at their metrics on crime rates, on you know the rate of rape, on um, domestic abuse, on things like that. We can look at the we can compare the data. But the simple truth is that it's been demonstrably it, it, it can be demonstrated that when you have proper moral education and when you have a proper state set up, you have a much more moral society than a society that's dominated by theistic thinking. That is objective and we can demonstrate that. No, I, well, I, I will I not take that
0: last statement. I don't think that is true.
1: Hey. I mean, you I mean,
0: should... we, just, we just have to agree to disagree on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to give a pair of evidence that if, if, if you govern a society by artistic worldview, is going to be less productive than governing a, a naturalistic worldview with moral uh, uh, education.
1: You, you um, have to... No. Really- Okay. Well, the thing is, to be frank, I did not know I was going to be saying this particular point, so I didn't really outline the studies. But what I'll do is after the um after the what do they call it after the episode, I'm going to do a compilation of the studies and send them to you. I'm also going to make them available to the host, so I can put them in the comment section, in the what's it called in the description section of the podcast episode, and people can go and look at the studies by themselves and see that I'm not just saying something that's false.
0: Well, well, <laughs> well it, 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 it is true that if uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not stating in any wise that a, a naturalist cannot make moral decisions. You see, but what I'm just saying is how would he grant it? And you have given me some of the outlines and I have rightly said that people can make means-meat of this and we've argued on it back and forth, just putting the whole thing together. And if even after that argument, we've come to the position of accountability, you see? And then we've done a bit of, you know, <laughs> we've really combed that, uh, that, uh, that uh, arena. But in the whole statement, in the whole statement, what remains, what I see that that will remain is, if we jettison God and we throw God all off, and, you know, normally, even in the naturalistic worldview, God is a product of human intuition. I hope you know.
1: People just... Yeah, um, I have them I have, I have, I have, um, slightly, slightly divergent views from that. God isn't just a product of human intuition. It's also a product of tradition and culture. In other words, there is a, there's an intuitive aspect to, you know, numinous thinking, for sure. But there is also a cultural aspect where people are actually taught to think in the, you know, God exists good.
0: and all that, yeah. I'm talking about the platform, YouTube. How it is passed on from generation to generation is another point in view. But, but what I'm saying is that, at least it's, it's, it's a u- human invention. Yeah, I agree it? with that. Yes, yes, yes. All right, good. Now, so we're going to throw away God, and then you want us to
1: embrace another human invention. Right. Good? Well, we don't I don't have a problem with that. Um, the reason why the reason why I, I want us to throw away God in quotes. I mean that's not really my aim. Um, well, but I'm saying that even if even if that was my aim, the reason why I would want us to throw away God is because number one, it's not true. There is no such being as God who is supervising us or telling us what to do. First of all, um secondly, I happen to think that a um naturalistic Um, view of morality, like the one I just fleshed out, is a much better foundation for morality than the one you fleshed out. Um, And not just much better in its, you know, ontology, but much better in its outlook, what it can offer us and what what we can do with it, how society can progress with it. So that's the reason why I don't accept
0: it. And then another person will come up to purport that what you just said is inconsistent with reality and we have to throw away your point of view we will
1: continue generation unto that path yeah just just as there are several other religions that also disagree with your religion as well so uh, we within the natural within the naturalistic camp there's disagreement on morality within the theistic camp there's disagreement on morality maybe much more disagreement than even in the naturalistic camp so there's no superiority for theism here that's my point see uh, and you know what that means you can't trust man man is just just going all around no that doesn't mean you can't that doesn't mean you can't trust man that means that you have to rationally assess all the options that you have and go with the one that you know offers the best results um of course to, to, it's not everybody who is able to do that And again, that's why I said there's need for moral education. There's need for the state to put in place good quality education, not just in the sciences, in history, in economics, but also in philosophy and in morality. Uh, And not just for the government to put in place things like that, but also put in place good infrastructure, good um, social amenities so that people don't have to think they need to steal, or people don't have to think they need to lie or cheat or get corrupt for them to get better for them to achieve their dreams and their goals in life. All right. All you all you've said is all theoretical. So
0: um, I, I would like that, I said, like I, said know, I don't
1: I don't agree that it's all theoretical. We actually have evidence that this has happened in some societies. I would I would that if, if they are
0: experimented first, if, they, if there's an experiment carried out to see all of these things, <laughs> to, to what if to what end it will bring us? That I mean, what, what 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 it will win us eventually, what we will get from it. You know, from them. sorry, you see. And because because the truth is this, the way you are thinking there's problem with this, I'm very sure if we experiment to what you just said, we'd have a lot of issues with them and maybe even more
1: grandiose issues. First of all, like I said, um, every worldview has issues. There are no worldviews that don't have issues. That's number one. Num- number two, there have been, in quotes, experiments on this thing that you're talking about the results are there. The studies are there. I, uh, I'm going to make them available to you and to every listener of this episode after the episode so that they can look at the evidence for themselves. So that's just all I'm going to say on that. So it, it, it's not like we have to wait until the future for us to say, okay, well, until we'll we we'll experiment on it, and then for now we still have to keep God. No, I'm saying we've already done the experiment. We've seen the evidence that this is the best way to go for us to get the best morality for society. And therefore, God is completely superfluous to the entire enterprise.
0: <laughs> okay uh well. sorry sorry to, to cut you short but i think i'll just allow you to maybe say something if you want to respond to that so that i can just ask my question to jide should i bring my closing remarks yeah sorry i, I wanted to ask jide a question i don't know i i think you guys i think my, ne- my network was unstable and you guys broke up for a while so i couldn't hear anything Yo,
1: I, 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 can, I can hear you now
0: Okay, okay. I wanted to ask JD a question so that uh, because I had a question for G- for for you, Dimeji and for you, JD, but we sort of went around them. So I just wanted to ask JD that question so that we can just uh, give the closing remarks. All right, go ahead and ask JD. Is JD back? Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. Okay, okay. Yeah, JD. I wanted to ask you about this. Like, like, like I see that there is this um. We can, we could even see this that uh, there is this idea of. Uh, morals evolving over time and you could say people learning more and we could say we're we, refining our morality as we evolve and move on and all that uh so somebody somebody can come and say okay but where do we draw the line like uh at, at what point do we exactly say okay this action is bad and we don't cross that action like we don't say the i don't know how i'm gonna frame it well, what uh, where is the where exactly is the line if we're going to accept this um, view that we can progress with our morality
1: okay um this this is a it's actually a very good question and uh, I, I can't say that I can give a very definitive answer to it right now it's it might be something I might have to think about much more, but let me just give like a preliminary rough sketch of what my answer in the future could be um there are certain things that we hold as values, like I said, that we humans subjectively hold as values. Um, Pleasure, you know, things that that I can classify under pleasure, things like freedom, for example, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, um, excuse me, um, your ability to maximize your personality, your inclination, including your sexual orientation, for example, Um, your ability to express yourself and be the person that you are, your capacity to pursue your goals, and your aspirations in life without any impediment, um so to speak your your rights to not be discriminated against on the basis of your gender or your religion or your race or things like that these are some of the things that we hold valuable in society now we can get to a place we can evolve so much and so quickly that we get to a place in society where people begin to bring up um certain ethical rules that maybe compromise the freedoms of some people or that um, uh, maybe undermine the rights that some people have not to be discriminated, for example, and things like that. Um, so those are the places that I feel that we might need to draw the line. We want to maximize freedom for everyone. We want to maximize pleasure for everyone, but we don't want to do it at the expense of maybe any other individual in society. We want to carry everyone along as much, as we can, as possible. So that might be one thing to consider that. To what extent are these moral laws that are coming up with, to what extent are they beneficial to everybody in the society without leaving anybody out, without marginalizing anybody or making them a casualty, a collateral damage for the entire framework? So that's just one way I could look at it. Of course, like I said, this is just a preliminary rough answer. Um, perhaps if I give it more so, we can have much more concrete things to say about it. So I'll just stop here.
0: Okay, uh thank you very much. Uh I would uh, I would have liked like to ask some extra things, but I think we should just because we've been going on for a while, so I, I think we should just um wrap up now. So uh yeah, Jide, you could just give your since you started first, you could just give your closing remarks and uh we'll move on to Dimidji.
1: Okay, so once again I want I want, I wanted to say thank you guys very much. Dimiji, I appreciate your engagement tonight. I, I enjoyed the fact that you were very civil. And you were very clear also in your presentation. Um, I feel that you, you didn't really do justice to the question of moral accountability. I feel that you, you were doing a case of special pleading um, for God, because you were saying, oh, God is different from everything and all that, um, without wanting to acknowledge that the person is actually not being held accountable for his actions, even though God, knowing all things, should be able to hold people accountable for their actions um for us to properly call it moral accountability um we didn't really touch so much on moral duties um so i'm not going to maybe pass any comments on that i also feel that your definitions of the words objective and the word no sorry of the word objective and the word value um they are problematic in the sense that one of them seems to misrepresent what the meaning of the word is that's in the case of objective and the other one seems to just beg the question by assuming that there is a god already in this definition so um i have those problems with those definitions um i also feel that you you didn't really give any uh, of course you gave some plausible um should i say challenges to the naturalistic worldview in terms of okay how exactly can can we call this objective? But to me, since you defined objectivity as universality, then I don't think that's going to be a problem for the naturalistic worldview, as long as we can get everybody to agree to these principles I laid out and also form their morality based on those principles. I also um, disagreed that people bypassing the justice system, um, you know, because of the ignorance of human beings, people bypassing the justice system is a problem for the view I set out. Um, I I said that it would only be a problem if the justice system knew what was going on and then chose not to hold the person accountable. That's when we would have a problem. Now, thankfully, in most cultures, it's not like that. But in some cultures like in Nigeria, for example, uh, people still don't get justice, which is we hope that changes very soon. Um, I also made the point that um, you said something about we need to experiment on morality without God. Uh, because I said one of the things that we need to do is to educate people morally so that they don't need to have an authority, an invisible authority looking at every of their actions for for them to behave properly. We can instead instigate um, empathy in them by doing proper moral education and setting up a proper state where people can achieve their dreams without having to cut corners or bypass the law to get there. And I said not only is this a theoretical issue, but it's actually don't. We have evidence of this happening in places like Scandinavia, in Europe, in some parts of Asia as well. There are countries that are lagging behind like Af- in Africa and in South America, for example. And if you look at those countries, there are certain factors that make that to be the case. Um, and um, I said that overall, I don't really think that there's any superiority for any theistic worldview over the naturalistic worldview that I've set out tonight for morality. So, um, but of course um, I could be wrong, my mind could be changed maybe by some argument or some evidence tomorrow. And we could go from there. But for now, I think naturalism provides a much better moral framework than these and those. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, Demeji, uh, would you like to give your closing remarks? All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. I appreciate you, uh, Onome. And um, thanks, Judy, for the time. And... Um, Thank you for defending the worldview. And, and well, I still insist, I think. Uh, no, I don't think, I, I know. <laughs> I still in th- insist you need an absolute probability to be founded, uh, because I don't think I'm convinced yet that it cannot be manipulated. And, um, and, the, and the, the why we should even discuss morality right which dictates uh, things to be either good or bad is if, first of all, we are clear that man has uh, intrinsic worth. And if not, that means uh, whatever we do to undermine man's uh, human existence is no, it, it, it doesn't really matter, you see, especially if it's going to um, make the actor you know, is this better Oh, you know, so that, 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 that for me um, fully dealt with, although we didn't go in that light, we didn't spend much time there. And we uh, you, you, you brought a lot of analogies on accountability. And I was just trying to say that, I was trying to say um, the analog- analogies can only uh, be, be be taken uh, when you're talking about, when you're discussing, you know, maybe philosophical, when, when it is a philosophical disquisition, but you see, when we are just, dis- when it is theological, there's an extent to which you can bring uh, uh, human analogies, and they they, they don't they don't uh, you know fit in at times, and so I think, and um, uh, as regards as regards uh, Justice, which we have
1: outrightly described, it is very true that people can get behind the
0: curtain and because they are being washed, you see. And then, uh, for me, that jibes not with reality. Although, you, are, you, you, you said in, in a society where things are done in a, in, in, in a, in a more coordinated way, you wouldn't have you know, anybody going behind the curtain to do whatever. But uh, you, you cannot be so uh, presumptuous because you, uh, you, you may have to study what is happening in the core of that society and not what is presented to you in, in the media. But in any case, I really appreciate the time to discuss with you and to a, a an insightful time. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you very much. That's been very uh, nice and interesting listening to you guys uh, converse and, and ponchos and your points and all that. That's been really, I really enjoyed listening to you. Uh, yeah, finally, would you like to uh, maybe give your social media accounts in case you, you have listeners that want to, like, um, contact you or anything like that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, both of you, all uh, right, you can go first. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, I'm not so much of a social media person, but inst- uh, for, for my you got inst- is Instagram handle now, or what what do you call it now? Yeah, yeah, I Instagram do like, yeah. no, I think Twitter handle. You talk about Twitter handle, okay, okay. It, page or something, okay? You're correct, so, you're correct. <laughs> yeah, I used to have Twitter, but I don't even know the, the, the account now, so okay. and my Facebook is. So, <laughs> okay know. okay you could I mean, just you could sorry you could just share me your your twitter account so i could just put it in the description, the description. all right
1: okay yeah jude what about you okay so um i'm on twitter i'm on instagram and on and i'm on um, tiktok i'm also on quora and reddit although i don't use them very frequently um I, so my Twitter handle is jaydon225, J-A-Y-D-O-N, then 2, 2, and 5. Um, that's also my Instagram handle as, a, as well as my TikTok um, handle. On on um, on Reddit, I'm also jaydon 22 I'm basically jaydon225 everywhere. Um, I'm on Facebook, but I've not been on Facebook in a long time. So if you want to add me on Facebook, you can, you can maybe just go to GD Samuel 225 um, and add me there. But essentially twitter is where i'm almost always active as well as um, instagram you know for a couple of minutes per day But twitter i'm almost always there so that's basically where you can find me you can send me a dm you can follow me and you can talk to me from there thank you
0: all right thank you very much uh like i said before it was really wonderful talking to you and uh probably we're, we're going to have something similar like this again i'll be looking forward to that and yeah, thank yeah yeah yeah. Th- thank you, everyone. Thank you for if you if you've listened to this. Thank you so much, and uh, bye for now.